Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, March 12th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, with the number of hate groups on the rise, find out why one organization says Mississippi is a hotbed for them. If you look at which groups have grown, there's neo-Nazi groups have grown, anti-immigrant groups have grown, and anti-Muslim groups have grown. These are all groups that have been inspired uh, in large part by the tone and tenor of the rhetoric emanating from the campaign trail. Then learn what you can do to reduce the risk of your identity being stolen. And after Everyday Tech, a look back at last week's graduation that put 57 new state troopers on Mississippi highways. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The number of hate groups across the country is on the rise, according to an annual survey. The Southern Poverty Law Center's updated hate map shows there are 15 such organizations in Mississippi. SPLC says a hate group is an organization that discriminates against a group of people over characteristics they cannot change, such as race or sexual orientation. SPLC's Ryan Lentz says the recent increase can be tied to politics. Hate group is an organization that attacks or demonizes or vilifies a group of people, a class of people based on an immutable characteristic. In other words, an organization that attacks people for something they can't change. How many hate groups have been identified in the U.S.? 954 hate groups in the United States right now. What about in Mississippi? Fifteen. How does this year's list compare to last year's? I don't have the Mississippi difference. I have the national difference. There was a rise this year uh, of about 4%. Any reason why? Have you attributed any any causes of that? If you look at which groups have grown, there's neo-Nazi groups have grown, anti-immigrant groups have grown, and anti-Muslim groups have grown. These are all groups that have been inspired uh, in large part by the tone and tenor of the rhetoric emanating from the campaign trail in 2016, but also the tone and tenor of the, of the administration. In Mississippi, what people are most likely to be targets of hate? If we look at the, at the hate groups uh, that are active in Mississippi, there's neo-Nazi groups, there's uh, Ku Klux Klan organizations, there's neo-Confederate groups. So, and then also anti-LGBT organizations. Uh, one of the most prominent ones is actually in Jackson. So again, like Mississippi, like most states, targets, uh, you know, the hate groups that are there target, uh, target black people, target gay people, and target immigrants. What is the group that you mentioned in Jackson? Uh, that would be the American Family Association. A lot of Mississippians apparently think you, you lose credibility by calling the American Family Association a true hate group. What has that group done to earn that designation? Their spokesperson, Brian Fisher. Um, Brian Fisher has done a lot to earn that designation, as has the directions of like Tim Weidman and others, so the statements of Tim Weidman and others. But Brian Fisher has gone on to attack the LGBT community with, with vociferous um, energy. Um, and he's also you know, said some horrible things about that community, including that, uh, including uh, about the African-American community, including that they, quote unquote, rut like rabbits. So, um, you know, there's there's quite a lot that organization has done. How does Mississippi rank in the nation in terms of uh, hate well, groups? Uh, well, Mississippi has what has 15 hate groups. The state with the most number of hate groups is California with 75. But per, if you adjust that for per capita, uh, Mississippi is, is up there in, in, among a lot of other southern states. The hate group day, uh, hate, hate group concentration across the country is on the coasts and in the south mostly. It's one thing to be labeled a hate group, but 
do you have data that suggests what hate groups or how often these groups, members of these groups, actually commit violence or threats against their targets? Well, with most of these organizations, it's impossible to get them to release a roster of, you know, who belongs to that group. And short of law enforcement identifying crimes uh, associated with that group, we'll never know. Um, But we do know that hate crimes are on the increase 9% nationwide, according to the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism at, uh, at the University of California, San Bernardino. And um, additionally, we've tracked um, through a series of reports violent actions that have been carried out in the name of an ideology for the better part of 10 years, for example. I mean, we've done uh, a report looking at lone wolf killers, but um, looking at all ideologically motivated violence between 2009 and 2015. And we just released a report looking at um, the, the actions, uh, the violent actions of, of people associated with the alt-right. When you're going down to specific hate groups, that's something that we try to evaluate in a larger national context. Is there anything you found in this report that surprised you or something you really didn't expect to see? What actually surprised me most about this year's urine hate assessment was the rise in neo-Nazi groups. Um, you know, more often than not on the radical right, um, you know, white nationalist views are, are channeled through um, through anti-immigrant concerns or, or other sort of sectors of the radical right. But for someone, for us to see such a, a such a surge in interest in Nazi ideology is, quite frankly, troubling. And we saw it last year. Do we have any neo-Nazi groups in Mississippi? In Mississippi, you have one chapter of the National Socialist Movement, which is a state right. It's a, it's, it falls from across the state. You said there were 15 distinct hate groups in Mississippi. Are they predominantly white nationalists or Ku Klux Klan? They are predominantly white nationalists, though it spans a number of sectors of the white nationalist movement. You've got one chapter of the League of the South in Holy, Holy Springs, Mississippi. That's a neo-Confederate organization. You've got one chapter of uh, the Pace Confederates Depot in Baldwin, Mississippi. That's another neo-Confederate organization. You've got uh, six Ku Klux Klan organizations, um, both coming from the loyal white knights of the Ku Klux Klan and the original Knights of America, Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. These are the old, uh, the old stalwarts of the radical hate movement in the United States, the Klan and neo-Nazi organizations. Uh, other states show uh, broader, show, show more anti-immigrant or anti-LGBT groups, but Frankly, the fact that, that Tupelo is home to the American Family Association, it puts it squarely on the map of anti, anti-LGBT hate. Ryan Lentz is a senior investigative writer for the Southern Poverty Law Center. Ryan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Governor Phil Bryant calls the Southern Poverty Law Center a partisan organization and says the hate map is fake news. Coming up, learn what you can do to reduce the risk of your identity being stolen. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On the next Fresh Air, journalist Rania Abu-Zaid. Banned from entering Syria by the Syrian government, she continues to go back to report on the war. In her new book, No Turning Back, she writes about rebel fighters and families caught in the middle. As a child, she also saw war up close. She was raised in Australia, but her Lebanese family would visit war-torn Beirut. Join us. Today at 3 on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
Identity theft continues to be one of the fastest growing crimes in the nation. In 2016, more than 2,000 Mississippians became victims. Bridget Wiggins is with the Attorney General's office at an annual community shredding event in Jackson. She told MPB's Ashley Norwood one way to protect your family, or excuse me, one way to protect your identity is to shred documents before throwing them away. Well, unfortunately, identity theft continues to be one of the number one growing crimes in the nation. And basically, identity theft is when someone uses your name, social security number, any identifying information without your authorization. And, th- and that could mean your social security number, your, your bank account numbers, just anything that would uh, allow them to access your personal information. And it's, it's amazing. Uh, one of the reasons why we encourage people to participate in our community shred events is because scammers will go through your trash to get your information. And a lot of times when we're, you know, at the end of the month paying our bills, we just throw those, those old bills in the mail, I mean, in the trash can after we pay them. And then a, a scammer can come along, go through your trash, and what, what's, on, what's on those billing statements? Your account numbers. So they, they not only have your name and address, but they also have your account numbers. So that's one of the reasons why we encourage people to take advantage of our community shred events that we hold once a year. Do you see identity theft being uh, an issue in Mississippi particularly? Oh, absolutely. Like, like I said before, it's, it's one of the number one growing crimes in the nation, and um, I think it's impacted across the board, state by state. You know, Unfortunately, when we have difficult economic times, scammers will do whatever they can to try to take advantage of people. And although it's an unfortunate situation, it does happen. And when someone does take your identity, it can cause you an enormous amount of devastation. So that's the that's thing. So we encourage people, shred those documents. So let's say um, someone does shred their documents, or they don't, but um, a stranger picks up their information. What are some of the... I guess, um, red alarms to say that, hey, someone might have my identification. What are some things to look for to say that maybe someone has my info? Well, one of the things that you should do to make sure that doesn't happen to you is check your credit report regularly. Uh, you have the, uh, the availability to now to check your credit report at least once a year, but that's with each of the three credit bureaus. So that really means you can, get your, you can check your credit three times a year if you, if you space that out. Maybe check it with this particular credit, credit agency uh, you know, every four months, then check it with the next one every four, the next four months, and then another four months after that, check, check your credit with the, with the third bureau. Um, so the, the, the way to make sure that this hasn't happened to you is to check your credit report because that way you'll know if someone has opened up an account in your name that you didn't authorize. So if something happens, I guess, what is the response afterwards? Let's say that it, it did, indeed, someone did open an account with my information, then what do I do? Okay, well, that, that's a wonderful question. Well, one of the things you can do is contact our office. We have an entire unit dedicated to the investigation and prosecution of identity theft. We also have an individual who, if you contact us and you need assist, uh, assistance going through trying to repair everything, they will help you step by step go through every, every a checklist that everyone you need to call to, to make sure everyone is on alert that your identity may have been compromised. We also offer to consumers who have been a victim of identity theft what we call our identity theft passport, which allows you to show, say for instance, you're, you're in a roadblock and 
someone may have committed a crime in your name. You, you can show the officer or any type of law enforcement officer that you've been the victim of identity theft. So it kind of just helps you to prove that you've been a, you're, you're, a, you're, the, you're a victim. So that is also a service that we provide. But again, if, if you have any trouble or you believe your identity has been compromised, we do encourage you to contact our office and we will help you with the steps you need to, to get through it. Anyone could be at risk for something like this. It doesn't matter what age or how much money you make. Oh, absolutely not. Anyone be can become a victim of identity theft. It, it, it does not matter what age. No, absolutely not. Anyone can be. Your, your, your information can be compromised in so many different ways these days. As technology increases, so, so do the scams. So, yes, anyone can become a victim of identity theft. Absolutely. Bridget Wiggins of the Attorney General's Consumer Protection Division with our Ashley Norwood. Travis Eldridge says he and his wife searched high and low for items they could bring to be destroyed. He says a credit monitoring service saved them from having their identity stolen in 2016. One time, my wife was. And what was that like? What happened? Uh, did, we got that guard. We pay for something every month to guard that kind of stuff. And they, uh, they got it taken care of you know they called us prior to anything being approved so what was it was it like a bill or something she threw away or did someone no, i think it was somebody trying to get a credit card you know and they called us so it probably happened like over the internet or something like that probably so how relieved were you when you were able to find out that they were able to stop that from oh we were glad tickled to death glad they called us so how important is it to shred your information and get rid of stuff like that? Oh, shoot. This My wife and I, we've been up in the attic this morning, you know. And we had stuff in the office, and we just got it all together and said, hey, I'll take it over there. Travis Eldridge with MPB's Ashley Norwood. There are two more community shred events there this coming Friday at Walmart in Hattiesburg and Saturday at Walmart in D'Iberville. Both events start at 8 a.m. They go until noon or whenever the truck is full. Coming up on Everyday Tech, find out about the cloud, what it is and what it can do for you. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. MPB's Digital Media Workshop for high school students was amazing. I learned new skills, and now I'm pursuing a career in film production. That's my MPB story. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Michelle McAdoo, here with Wills Couture, and today we're discussing the cloud, what it is and what it can do for you. So, Wilts, just what is a cloud. Well, the cloud, Michelle, when we're talking about technology, is essentially hosted services that are delivered to you across the internet from a different provider. So some of the things that we're very familiar with are things such as email or video and audio streaming services. Essentially, cloud services have three characteristics, those being that they're sold or delivered on demand, so only once you need them. They have a flexible amount of service, so you pay for what you want, you don't pay for what you don't want. And then on top of that, they are fully managed by someone else. It's not something that you're having to manage yourself. Now, the thing is, it can be a public service, such as those that we subscribe to, such as email and everything else, 
And it can also be a private service. So if you're at work, those services you receive, they're also what we consider a private cloud. So your email at the office and things such as that. Speaking of services, what are some of the services available in the cloud? Well, there's quite a few of them. And sometimes people might not think about these as cloud services, but they really are. One of the most common email services. So, so many of us are receiving email, but none of us are running the email servers at our home. So that is an actual cloud service being delivered to you as you need it. You've also got things for data storage. So your items such as Microsoft's OneDrive, Google Drive, Dropbox, areas that allow you to store information online that you can retrieve later, be it from another computer, be it from a website, or even from your your smartphone. Another one people don't think about much, social networking. That is a cloud service. So things such as YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat, those are all being provided. Someone else is giving that to us, even though we may not be paying for those services We are actually being delivered those on our demand. Games and entertainment, those are actually cloud services. Think about it. You're in these things and you're talking with people across the world and they are delivering you content across the Internet at your demand. And even now, we're seeing things such as Microsoft Office, Word, Excel, PowerPoint is actually moving to a more cloud structure because what these companies are realizing is that people may not want to pay the big price for the whole package. They just want piece A, B, or C. So, Wilts, what are the benefits of using the cloud? Well, the primary benefit is the fact that you only get what you need or what you ask for or what you pay for. Let's talk about the privacy and security issues associated with the cloud. Well, Michelle, you know, those can really vary across the different products and depending on what it is that you're using. A lot of people will end up asking, is the cloud secure? Well, my answer is yes, but it's got a little asterisk out there because it's as secure as you help make it. So, for example, Michelle, if you're taking advantage of the different social media cloud services that are out there, and if you're exposing a little bit too much of your personal information or giving too much away, then what you're really doing is you're taking what could be a secure service and moving it more to an insecure, at least for yourself personally. So we really need to be mindful of what information that we put out there or store or utilize on any kind of technology services to really think about, hey, would I want this to be on the front page of my neighborhood newspaper? So, Michelle, the question of what is the cloud is one that I hear time and time and time again. It seems to be this big, mysterious thing when at the end of the day, what it really is, is the providing of services to people that they want, when they want, and how they want. And that's got a lot of advantages, especially today, because there are so many services out there and there are so many things we can take advantage of, things such as gaming or communication or social networking or even storing data to make sure we can go from location to location and actually access it. The cloud is able to provide those things for us, and it can actually provide it very securely as long as we allow it to and we don't overshare and we don't set ourselves up for failure in that regard. Because ultimately what it comes down to is what benefits us, the consumer, and what benefits us, the consumer, just happens to be getting the services we want, when we need them, how we want them, at a price that's fair for everybody. We will talk more about the cloud on the next Everyday Tech, the show that comes on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. For Wilts Couture, I'm Michelle McAdoo. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. 
On the next Deep South Dining, we want to know what's happening in your kitchen. Kevin Farrell and Deborah Hunter are going to be taking your phone calls and answering your emails as we want to find out what is or is not happening in your kitchen. As always, Deborah's going to bring in something delicious for us to talk about, but we want to hear from you and learn what you are cooking. So tune in to the next Deep South Dining today, 9 a.m., only on MPB Think Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast using any podcast app. Just search Deep South Dining. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. There are 57 newly minted Mississippi Highway Safety Patrol officers starting their first full week as troopers. Cadet Class 62 officially finished training and graduated last week. Department of Public Safety Commissioner Marshall Fisher offered encouraging words to the new state troopers. Down the road, I'll be gone. There'll be some other gray-haired fella or maybe a lady standing here. But I, what, you, what I want you to remember about me is that you didn't work for me. You worked with me. I'm proud of you. Governor Phil Bryant also spoke to Mississippi's newest law enforcement officers. He recalled his own experiences as a deputy sheriff. When Deborah and I was mar- were married in 1976, I was a deputy sheriff. She was working at the hospital. We had a wonderful opportunity of passing in the hallway most mornings. It was the best of times for us. I believe that I was doing my duty of protecting and serving. I had the great opportunity of helping someone. Helping someone that had been in an automobile accident. Helping someone that had lost their personal belongings to a burglar. Helping someone that had endured a violent crime. Helping again and again. Serving. In his closing remarks, Governor Bryant recited words written for President John F. Kennedy, but never spoken by him. I reflect often on a speech that President Kennedy was to have made that day in Dallas, Texas, on November 22nd of 1963. The president was to pay tribute that day to the military and to first responders and to the entire nation. The president would have said, we in this country in this generation or by destiny rather than by choice, the watchman on the walls of world peace. We ask therefore that we may be worthy of our power and responsibility, that we may exercise our strength with wisdom and restraint, and that we may achieve in our time and for all time that ancient vision of peace on earth goodwill towards men. Three women were among the class of 57 new troopers. Commissioner Marshall Fisher says they are the first three women to graduate from the Mississippi Highway Patrol Training Academy. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, it's Now You're Talking. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio.
As a taxi driver, I listen to MPB a lot. I learned the symptoms of a female heart attack from Southern Remedy, and it helped me to save a co-worker's life. That's my MPB story. A-N-I-M-O-S-I-T-Y, Animosity. F-U-R-L-O-N-G, Furlong. C-O-N-J-E-C-T-U-R-E, Conjecture. T-O-B-O-G-G-A-N, Poggin. Don't miss the annual Statewide Spelling Bee, live on Tuesday, March 13th at 10 a.m., only on MPB Television. Mississippi Public Broadcasting is pleased to announce an innovative new way you can support us. Change by Soft Giving allows you to round up your change from everyday purchases and donate it to MPB. Sign up today by visiting mpbonline.org support. From there, securely link your credit or debit card information to start rounding up your change. Your contributions allow us to continue providing smart, entertaining, and engaging